BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, we're Carlene and Jill, hosts of Breaking Beauty Podcast, the show all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. On our show, you're going to find hella inspiring guests like Emily Weiss of Glossier, and you'll get beauty tips galore from the top pros in the industry, like Kim Kardashian's makeup guru. And you'll hear skincare secrets from the likes of Dr. Pimple Popper. Plus, you'll get shopping help with our Damn Goods episodes, where we review the latest products hitting store shelves to let you know what's actually worth your money. Listen every Wednesday to Breaking Beauty Podcast. I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai. I'm remarried and living my best life ever. See, there's so much life after divorce. I'm starting my new chapter unapologetically. I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me on the journey. Listen to all new episodes every Wednesday. So buckle up. So welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. I can't tell you how excited I am to be joined by Denise Richards today. I am a massive, massive fan, Denise. I can't tell you. She's an actress, a reality TV star, mother, wife, and also a fellow divorcee. Having had a very, very public divorce, welcome, Denise. Thank you. You know, I feel, I don't know about you, but I feel like life is just beginning for me. Like this whole new chapter yes. has just sort of, I barely remember my 18-year marriage, which is shocking, isn't it? It's just sort of erased. And this is, I'm living in the now. And I know that you had sort of, well, a very tough divorce, very public, tough divorce. How do you survive such a public, tough divorce in the media and find new love and have three gorgeous children to bring up. Tell us what sort of led to the demise of your relationship, if you don't mind. Uh, well, many things, <laughs> yeah. but I don't regret my marriage to Charlie, obviously at all, because I really do believe that he and I were brought together to have our daughters. I feel that was not a good marriage, obviously in a relationship. I filed for divorce when I was six months pregnant, which was very difficult. And I was also I didn't realize the impact of how public that would be and how it would affect my, my career personally, because I thought this is my personal life. Why is this affecting my professional life? And I think I was on the tabloid covers for about two years straight during that time. And it was incredibly difficult. I was also dealing with my mother who was very sick, who ended up passing away. And I had these two babies. It was really so hard for me. And I just really had to go 
really put myself in a bubble because I think many women, which is by part of, I think, why you have your show and men, you deal with this. And I could have gone one way or the other as far as going into that a dark space. And I have just a very strong family unit around me. And I just thought, you know what, I'm going to block out the noise. And this is actually a lesson for me to learn to be my true authentic self and be me. And it was the first time in my life I had ever gotten any bad press and had stuff out there. And people were saying that I was trying to take down Charlie, who was on Two and a Half Men. He had a huge series and it was really awful. And the behind the scenes stuff was way worse than what was out there. And I just had to just protect at the end of the day, who's really there. It's like my family, my kids. And I think that's what got me through the initial part of the divorce. But as years had gone on, my relationship with Charlie had had evolved. And there was a time where I had his sons for over a year from a previous marriage that he had kids with, with this woman who has had struggles with some things. And, you know, I, I'm a family girl and I just wanted to keep the peace with the kids. The hardest part, thank God my kids were really young to not be able to read and hear certain things. But, um, you know, a lot of people couldn't relate to going through a divorce with someone and you being in the public eye too. They can't relate to that, but they can relate to the feelings of what that is like when your life does completely crumble and fall apart. Well, I think trying to pull yourself back up. What I would like to break down what you've just told me, and I think where people get sort of stuck, Denise, is like, I mean, obviously you were a very successful Hollywood actress in your own right. You marry Charlie and then, you know, you get divorced in what, when pregnant. Now, a lot of women don't see a way out. How do you take that decision when you've got young children and you are married actually to a man that you have a great life, you have a beautiful home, you have, or homes, you know, you're a very successful power couple. How do you go and make that decision and say, okay, I'm going to leave everything I know. And I think that's where women and a lot of women get very, very stuck and sort of stay for too long? What was it that made you actually six months pregnant, wake up and say, today is the day? There were some things that led up to that. Mm -hmm. And it's very funny because a lot of people think on the outside, things are great. And I filed for divorce, I'll never forget this, probably less than a week after uh, we were at the SAG Awards, I believe, an awards show. and. There's a lot of couples that have been in the car when you get to the red carpet and you're fighting and then you have to get out and smile and pretend like everything's great and it's not. (laughs) That was our last red carpet as a couple. And I'm sure that, I'll never forget this actually, we ran into Johnny Depp and his uh, Vanessa, the mother of his beautiful children and I was six months pregnant and she saw me and we were talking. And I'm sure that when they heard we were getting divorced, you think like, oh my God, shit, they, they looked so happy. We weren't, <laughs> it was really bad. But you have to put on the facade when you're at an awards show and yeah. you sound like everything's great. A week later is when I filed. But I think it was, you know what it was, is what I said to myself, would I want my daughters to be married to this man. 
no offense to him, but it's true. And I think he would take that. He would understand what I'm saying. And that's when I was like, well, why am I accepting this? When we got together though, he didn't have the show and there was some other things. I actually made a lot more money than he did. And then obviously he got his show and made tons of money, but I would have rather live in a tent than live in the houses we had at that point. I didn't care. I would have been in my car. It was very toxic. So the real thing was my kids, like, would I want this for them? And that's when I said, well, okay, why am I accepting it for myself? I think that's really, really a key thing because people sort of get so stuck about there and then they sort of push it back down and say, okay, well, I've got a nice life. Everything else is working. I'll sacrifice myself, but it doesn't work. And I think I did exactly what you did, Denise. And I sort of pictured worst case scenario. And I was like, at worst case, I'm in a one bedroom apartment with a flip down bed and it still feels pretty good because it's mine. Yeah. (laughs) Cause you can't put a price tag on sanity. No. And peace. Peace, peace inside your home. I think you can't put a price tag on that. And that's what it's all about. And I try to say, because I mean, obviously you had some very public spats and some very valid reasons for leaving, but ultimately, you know, again, it's not even down to the giant spat. It's normally just, it's about ongoing feeling inside, isn't it really? That you just know this is not going to work out anymore. Yeah. Well, there's a lot that the public doesn't know and you never know what goes on behind closed doors. So it was not a good situation. And so married, but it's more about, you know, maybe if I didn't have kids, I would have, the marriage would have gone on longer because you start to overlook certain things. I don't know. I don't know, but you didn't want the children to see it. Why would I accept that for myself, but not for them? And that was my really, and also I didn't want to condone certain situations and behavior and make them think as they would get, be getting older, that's okay too. Because you actually have daughters. So you have two, two daughters, three daughters. Yes. Two. Yeah. With Charlie. And then I adopted a, a little my, girl, Eloise. Eloise yeah. yeah. I saw her on the show. <laughs> but with Charlie, yes. And I was pregnant with our second, you know, when obviously when I filed for divorce and left. And so you move out and obviously it's, as you said, you sort of everywhere and you don't really get any respite. So did you ever have any, was it immediate relief for you? Like, a, because I felt like no. a bad, no. Oh, it was very traumatic for me. It was really difficult. I got pregnant when our first daughter was six months old. So I had a young baby too. And I had so much guilt. You know, my parents were still married until my mother passed away. So that's the family I came from. And we did reconcile actually after, for a very brief time, after our second daughter was born. And and I'm glad we did because it made me also know I could one day tell my girls that I did everything I could possibly do to make this family unit and, and that's what I felt the most guilty of was splitting up the family unit. I struggled with that for years. It was not easy, but at least I knew that I did everything that I could to make that work as much as possible. And that I knew this isn't right and it's not good. So I'm actually glad I did reconcile during that time. Was he heartbroken? Was he still trying to get back? Or was it once, once you were done with the second one, it was, you both knew it was just. Oh, done. he had been on to other <laughs> Yeah, well, he was good. He was good. Okay. <laughs> but you know what? 
he knew, and to this day, Charlie does know, he could call me at any time, no matter what. I don't care what he says or does, that I will show up and be there. Because I always also wanted him, and still do, to be the best dad he can be for our daughters. And that is one thing that he does. No matter what he could say about me, he has, says and does know deep down that he knows I will always, always be there. I will not extort him and that I'm a stand-up person and want him to be the best version of himself and be there for our children, for sure. Now, how are you able to co-parent? Can you be in the same room? Do you go to all the the school things? Yeah, no, even after that, I'm the type that he could scream at me or whatever, and things could be really sideways. I tell him, you know what? Suck it up, buttercup. There's a birthday party. I don't care if you hate my guts. We need to act like we are loving parents and be there for our kids. So our oldest is now 18. Mine and his youngest daughter, Lola, she's 17. She just turned 17. Oh, so God. The terrible teens. Now. But those long years of all those birthday parties and everything and the holidays and this and that, it's Believe me, there was a lot of challenges and it's not easy and it hasn't been easy. But at the end of the day, I would always say, I don't care. We show up and we are in front of them. I never wanted the girls to, and I don't know, maybe I did them a disservice. I'm not sure. But I, at the time, and there's really no handbook for this, especially when you're in the public too and you have to deal with all this crap. But I never wanted them to sense any discord between us because I didn't want them to feel, I don't know, unsettled. You know what I mean? And and do do you share custody? Like do they do 50-50 uh, or they live with you? You know, the 18-year-old can go wherever the heck she yeah. wants. <laughs> the 17-year-old is with me. For their years, they were with me. I had full custody, but I always wanted them to see their dad when he wanted to. And it's public knowledge. And I don't think I'm speaking out of term with, I don't think Charlie would be upset with me saying this, that, you know, he obviously had struck, has struggled with a lot of addiction mm-hmm. and a lot of things going on. And there was a lot of public stuff around his life that they were with me. And so the times where he was in a good space and able to, I wanted the girls to get to know their dad for him and not what he struggled with the addiction so bad there was a huge possibility that he would not be here today and I wanted them to know their dad for him and not what they may or may not read about him you know how how has it affected the girls living in two sort of you know with two very famous parents did they ever act out? Was it hard for them, you know, between when you guys were in the midst of it or because you have such a level head going through and you've sort of kept this unit yourself and sort of said to him, we won't do anything publicly, i.e. we're not going to fight in front of the kids. Do you feel like it's affected them or do you think you've managed to sort of shield them from it? There is no controlling Charlie when Charlie does something publicly. There are times he would say to me, I may have tweeted something bad. I shouldn't have (laughs) done this or whatever. So publicly, I couldn't control that. It was when we were at a birthday party for two hours. I'm like, let's just keep our shit together and like pretend like everything's great, you know? But I think that 
this is all they know. Do I think it affected them? Yeah, I think all of our childhoods have affected us on some level, but I did shelter them a lot. And then they would start to get to an age where, oh, well, so-and-so said this and I lied my ass off and covered for him. And I don't know if I did a disservice. Like I said, there's no handbook. Okay, when you are divorcing someone and you're in the public and you're going through custody publicly and all of that, it's ugly. And this is the court system I think is not the greatest because they don't seal all the documents, which I think is terrible when minor children are involved Mm. or assets too, because of companies or whatever, but that's a whole other story. But I think when, especially when kids are involved and there's minor children, I think that all that stuff should be private and it's not. And I think that's a detriment too, to children as well, because as they get older, they can have access to documents. And if they don't, their friends will tell them about it. So I think now as they starting to get older, they're more aware of more things. That's why I say I don't know if I did them a disservice when they were younger. No divorce comes with a handbook, to be honest. And, you know, we can only do our best. But I'm like you. I sort of make every holiday as normal as possible. But then you have sort of two famous parents and everybody, I mean, if you're pregnant, you're not working. How do you, if you're not getting on with the other side, because this is another thing, I shared one lawyer with my ex-husband because the pot was the pot was the pot. But obviously Charlie must have now made a lot of money. You've probably given up work to have the babies at this point. How bad was the sort of legal process for you financially and being able to get that out, but yourself to sort of take care of yourself and the girls? Because that's another thing. I mean, it is different, I know, because Charlie and yourself are very successful, but it's another thing that really holds women back because, you know, so many women stop working. You said yourself, you were probably more successful than he was at the beginning. And then, you know, you... Yes, it changed. It shifted. It was, well, it was really difficult because I actually got fired from a couple jobs because at the time, you know, things have changed now, but it was a good old boys town. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And Charlie was on a hit TV show for Warner Brothers and CBS. And there were a lot of people that felt like I was trying to take them down. And and I really wasn't. I just wanted to protect our children. And it was really unfortunate that stuff would become public. And it was a struggle doing that. And I had to make a decision. Do I do that? Or do I sacrifice that and then just pretend like everything's okay? And I had a lot of sleepless nights, let's just say. It was not easy. And I couldn't get work. And actually, my first job was after I got let go of a couple things was Ryan Seacrest hiring me to do my own reality show. And that was the first segue for me going into the reality world. I had to make a, I also had to make a living and support myself and the kids too. Well, I think- Even though I was getting child support, legal fees are off the might as well just give your checks away. <laughs> Insane. That's what I always say to people. There's no winners. I don't care how rich you are. No, if, there isn't. if you can try and do this without going the, the hugely legal route and do it where you come to an agreement together, it's better for everybody. Um, yeah, we tried. We tried with a private judge and it didn't go well. So <laughs> it was good, hard. But good on you. You see, that's another thing to go from being a Hollywood sort of, you know, a movie actress into becoming a reality star. A lot of people can't do that. 
it's it's a totally different trade, really. So to be able to turn your yourself, how old were you when you started doing reality then? I mean, I was in my 30s. And okay, still very young. My mom, before she passed away, she was really ill at the time. She really encouraged, first of all, she loved Ryan Seacrest. I think she had a crush on him. Didn't. But, <laughs> but I also felt, because I was getting such negative press too, I felt, you know what, this is a way of me also showing people who I am. And if they still hate me, that's fine. But at least they get to know a side of me that is who who I really am. And at least judge me from that and not the tabloids with different sides throwing crap out there and mudslinging. So that was also a reason why I wanted to do it. And it actually worked out, thankfully, in my favor at the time. I remember watching it with your dad. Your dad was in it, wasn't he? Yeah, it was so oh, cute. Yeah. yeah, I watched the whole thing. I loved it. And I actually, I was really oh, surprised by, I loved your little cottage. It felt like a farm. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was so cute. And I felt like it did give a really good side of you. And I think that that is something that people don't understand about reality, like the, the good part of reality TV that I love right. is exactly, exactly that, being able to see inside someone's real life, not just the glamorous movie actress. There you are getting your kids breakfast and lunch together and sort of piling them out the door and all of this <laughs> chaos that ensued with your dad there as well, helping you. It was amazing. Why, why did you sort of stop that in the end then? You know, I did it for two seasons and then when different dynamics get involved of some of the shows, then they may want to take you to a direction that might not be yourself. So I felt like if I was going to continue, I would have to say, okay, then let's call this a softly scripted show. Yeah. <laughs> That's why. But I did enjoy it and it was really a great experience for me and I'm glad I did it. And like I said, I, I wasn't trying to do it to get people to like me. I at least wanted people to judge me for who I could put out there for myself and not just what they may be reading or not reading in the tabloids. From there, you finish that. You obviously finish the divorce with Charlie. There's no going back. You get child support, but there's no going back for more, as it were. You mean when, back then or now? Back then, back then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go into reality TV. Is that what led to going into Beverly Hills? Oh, no. What led to Beverly Hills, because I did that... I. Uh, Much later. 2018. It was, you know, I've done so many different things and I was very good friends with Lisa Rinna at the time and she had a good time on the show. And I thought, you know what, this could be fun. I was a fan of the show. So that's what really led me to doing Beverly Hills. So now, I mean, now you're sort of, you've moved on from Charlie, obviously you're in a really good space and you're sort of Mm co-parenting the best way you can. And you meet Aaron. How did you meet your current husband now? I met Aaron. I was a client of his. And, but I had heard about him for uh, quite a few years. I became a client and we actually became friends before we started a romantic relationship. I had been friends with him probably about, I would say, four months before we actually started dating, which was really unusual for me because a lot of the times it would be, you know, you meet someone and, or you get set up or whatever, and there's that instant spark. And so this was, I think that's also partly why, I mean, he and I are so close. He's my best friend. I, and I think part of it is because we became 
friends before we started dating and then got married. And I think that's a big part of it. I really think it's a big part of it. That's what Sergio and I have, and it's changed everything. I don't know if it's because I was older. I mean, I'm older and, you know, you're older when you met him, that we kind right. of are more relaxed about life um, and it's easier to become friends. You're like, great, you like me, you don't, it's okay too. So you're so chilled. Yeah, well, I was never, I wasn't expecting it because I don't, I can't remember how you and Sergio met. Newport Beach, my first ever, I, I was, uh, my girlfriend made me do the podcast live down in Newport. I'd never been, he was in the audience completely by accident, but he, you know, bless him. He doesn't, he, he does speak English obviously, but he just knew that there was a whole, he didn't know what, hadn't watched any reality TV. People were like, oh, he must've known who you were. I'm like, no, he was 24 years old. I mean, no, he didn't. He definitely wasn't watching Housewives, I can assure you, at 24 right, years no, old. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> and he was in the audience. And I just think, you know, we connect. I, he did lie about his age, Denise. I would never have considered a 24-year-old as my husband, that's for sure. I was 43 at the time. But, you know, I think at our age now, I am the most confident and relaxed in who I am mm-hmm. ever, you know. And I think that's what shows on you when I watched you in uh, Beverly Hills too. You know, you're cool as a cucumber. Everyone else is coming in, glammed hair and makeup. And you're actually the sexy siren from the Hollywood movies that we've all seen. And you're coming in like, just as you, like there was no glam team. There was no, you know, mm. you, you just did you, which I thought was amazing. I mean, obviously there was a glam yeah. team at some point, but the normal bits during the days, you came as just as who, how you would normally at home, which I think we, uh, so many of us forget to do that on these shows, you know, we sort of, I, I know that I'm always waking up and thinking, God, I've got to have full makeup. And actually that's not normal. And with my husband, I don't feel anything like that, you know, which is, it's just, it's great, you know, just to live this life. I think, as you said, unapologetically you now. Absolutely. I, I think I've always been a casual girl, like jeans and a t-shirt and but, you know, I've had a very blessed life in my career doing when I did James Bond and traveling the world and going to all these beautiful, glamorous premieres and having designers dress you and everything. And it, I love that part. I love being a woman and dressing up and all the glam. But I also love throwing on jeans and a T-shirt. And actually, when I signed on to do Housewives, I, I said to the producers, I I showed up at the first meeting wearing jeans and a Guns N' Roses t-shirt. And they said I was the first one to show up not all done. And I I, I said to them, I, look, this is who I am. You know me from, if you, you can see me on the red carpet or see interviews, and, but this is who I am like day to day. And if you want me to do all that, I can do it. And I'll never forget, they were like, no, we want you to be you. And I was like really relieved to hear that. But as far as what you're saying too, being older and relaxed, and I think embracing love, especially after you know your divorce and you have kids, and it's not easy blending a family and a stepdad, no matter what the circumstances are, it's an adjustment. That's what I was so, going to ask you. How did Aaron take to having such a you know a already built family for him with quite big shoes to step into? Having I guess Sergio was so young, it's sort of he's easily molded. But I mean, Aaron, how old is your husband? He's Aaron is forty six. I mean, that's quite a big thing to have not been married, not have children, yeah. and then walk into yeah. 
your well, life. Well, no, he was married to Nicolette Sheridan oh, for yeah. three to six months, <laughs> but that was quick. Yeah. But they didn't have kids together. But yeah, no, you're right. It's, so yes, he did come and he didn't have children and he didn't have the, the marriages like you and I, obviously. That's actually what made me really fall in love with him was how he was with my kids and especially my youngest who I adopted at birth. She's special needs. And he, I mean, for her, that's dad. We're finalizing stuff for him to adopting her and that's her dad. And that's the thing I think that what really actually made me really fall in love with him was how he was with my kids and embracing all this crazy chaos. How on earth do you take all this on, Denise? Like, so what made you, I mean, that's a really, really big thing to take on a child with special needs. It really is. It's so selfless. It can be a very thankless task. I work, you know, what made you decide that you could do this on top of everything else? You know, I, I was going through the adoption process when my mother was ill because I, I wasn't done having kids. And then I had to put it on hold until after but I just wasn't done having children. I thought, you know what? I'm not going to put my life on hold just because I went through a divorce and I don't have a man. Some people will understand this, some won't, but I just felt like there was another soul that, and I feel we choose our parents. And I, Eloise, my daughter, I feel she just found me a different way. And, but I just knew I wasn't done having kids. Now we even if I knew she was special needs at birth, obviously I still would have, <laughs> she'd still be my daughter, yeah. but we, I didn't. And it was actually a really challenging, very challenging actually to find out what was going on with her as she started to get into her, you know, when she was one and two, but she's like an, she is definitely an angel. And, you know, I, I love being a mom and, if I could have more kids, I would, which I want to ask you about. But I just knew, even though I was a single mom, I didn't want to put my life on hold. I, I didn't realize you didn't know it. Eloise wasn't special, was special needs, because I was about to say that's so self, I mean, it's selfless anyway, to be able to do that. And to have a husband, as I said, at 46, well, uh, now, but whatever yeah. age he was, to step into chaos, which is a family home. Yes. <laughs> it's a shock because these men, I always laugh, you know, when you see single men who've got to a certain age and everything in their house is perfect. And you're like, come, you know, we, oh, wake, yeah. Yeah, we wake up with chaos, go to bed with chaos, the doors fling open. I've got no privacy. My sons are in and out. No. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's a completely a, different life, but he looks like he's taken to it like a duck to water, literally. He has. I don't know how he's walked into teenagers, my youngest, Charlie Sheen being my ex, all the shit that goes on with that. So he has. I don't know. He's a very calming soul, and he loves me, and that's... That's apparent. You know, we uh, embrace each other's baggage. Mine's a giant ass U-Haul, much bigger than his. <laughs> but uh, that's obviously also what made me fall in love with him even more. I think that's, I mean, abundantly apparent. I don't think, and I always say that about me and Sergio, because I don't think a man could, you know, there are far easier women to love than us with a lot less baggage. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, exactly. and these kind of men that you see that, and I think that we society is trying to break them down that why do they want to be with us all the time why are they that why do they love us the way they love us people are so distrusting of it and I think that is something that I saw 
for you, okay, going on to housewives now with a, with a new husband or a new relationship, it's not easy. I mean, I equate housewives to like pregnancy and birth. You hate it when you're doing it. You give birth and you're like, oh, let's do that again. So, you know, right. <laughs> so Denise, That's the big actually, question yeah. is, would you do it again? <laughs> hmm. I actually would. Oh, there you go. I My first season, I had a great time. It, there's a learning curve, as you know, with the show. Yes. Trying to... Hindsight and, is a wonderful thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's like there's a certain dynamic and things, and I think only the women that have been on these shows can really understand what you and I are talking about. Mm -hmm. My second season was incredibly challenging, and I felt like, what would they do to me the third? And I didn't want to affect my husband and his business. So that's why I was like, mm, I don't know. It was like a weird thing. What you're saying about Aaron and I, that's what I see with you two watching you guys on the show. And I think it's so beautiful that you can tell when there's a real connection between, you know, the couple on the shows, I think. A hundred percent. Do you feel that it did have any impact on your relationship or you pulled it before you thought it would? Oh, no, I it did not affect us in a negative way. It affected for me to I was so devastated to lose a 20 year friendship with Lisa Renna. That's the truth. And that's why I was so upset during my second season. I was so shocked and blindsided and just, I don't know. It, it just made me like try to think like, is this re like, what is real? <laughs> what is it? I don't, it was a weird thing. And the thing is once it's done airing and we do the reunion, then they start filming again right away. And also we were in the pandemic and I was in Spain working. So I just had to really look at, I also want it to be like, if, if no one likes you on the damn show, I mean, thank God Garcelle did and does, but no one else did. And at the reunion, it was like, I felt I'm like, where the hell do I go from here? If no one likes me on this show, why would I, it, it might look weird if I'm, I don't know. It was a weird and I had to make a decision quickly because they started filming. So I made the decision not to go back for a third season at the time. It's funny. I've realized now exactly what you're saying, because I was brought on and I suppose I'm the only one that had done it before. So automatically you have like a dart on your back, right? So you're automatically right. hated. And I think, you know, if I looked at Twitter, I would jump off a ledge, you know, Absolutely. I mean, where people think they have the right to sort of talk to you like this when you're just literally doing your job and it is entertainment at the end of the day. But I've realized that, you know, as you said, they have to, they bring you up, they drop you one season you're liked, one you're hated. You were brought in as the, you know, Denise Richards arriving, you know, and obviously everyone had to knock you eventually off your pedestal. It is hard when you have close friendships and these things that you don't recognize, but have you run into Lisa since then or? I haven't run into her. There was some stuff, I guess, online. I don't even know what the heck it was. I just came across it. I think it was Twitter or something where she was saying she was pulling out a receipt that she did get in touch with me. So I don't know who said she didn't, but she did reach out to me last year, I believe. Uh, she did apologize, but... That doesn't mean everything is all okay. She you know did what I say mean? to me as well, by the way, when we had a chat, she did say you were one of her biggest regrets. She did never, ever liked the way she behaved with you, just in case that well, holds that's any nice. weight. She did say that. And she, she said that privately to me. 
Wait, what did you say? You said that privately to me. You know, we were oh, talking okay. about something else. There wasn't a room full of people and a camera. Yeah, no, that's the thing that was so... I was devastated from that, quite frankly. And that was a big reason why I didn't go back, just because of I didn't understand how the whole thing worked. And I, I don't know, it was a weird a weird thing, but I miss her. I miss our old friendship, but I would never be friends. I could be friendly and be cordial, but I could never be friends with her again. It's hard know? to trust after something like that's happened, but I do, yeah. I do see a little twinkle in your eye. At our stage in life, you know, you realize some people are meant to come in, some people are meant to go out. Yeah. But, you know, I do think that she has expressed amazing regret and you seem to sort of that there could be a way forward for you both on that show and I do think that with hindsight that everything it's funny everything you think is a really big deal and it's so it's so emotional for you on a show like that when it does eventually roll out later you go actually it was nothing I mean, it was, but the time to you, but the whole world doesn't hang on to it. We kind of give ourselves way too much importance that everybody's talking about it when they're not. It's just, it is just like, it is entertainment, but it's, but it's our lives. So it's so difficult to sort of separate. Well, for me, it wasn't what the women were saying, you know, me having an affair. It was my friendship with Rena. That's what was difficult. That a friend would treat me like that, say things. The biggest thing too is when you're watching the episodes and the confessionals and you're like, oh my gosh, how can someone say something like that? So that's the stuff that was really difficult for me. But more than that was all the stuff that Lisa Rinna did to me in the press and on her socials and stuff. It was like, it crushed me. I'm like, girl, it's a reality show. Why do you, what are you doing? Like, that's the stuff that was hurtful. Not some, I don't care, whatever. I, my husband and I, he never questioned anything. He never thought I was having an affair. And that he and I are solid and we're solid at that time too. It was the stuff that she kept doing. I was, that's the stuff that was really devastating for me and difficult. I mean, I think anything like these kind of things, it's always hard because on one hand, you know the truth, but you can't, when you're dealing in the public eye, you know, you can't prove it. How are you going to prove something like this? It's a, it's a very, very, very tough. It's, it's so, yeah. And I, and I was like, what do you care? Like, how yeah. does that affect my friendship with you? Why do you have to try and then destroy me in the press and on your social and stuff? It's like, was really shitty and I felt and juvenile. So that's the part that I was hurt by the, with all of that. But so much time. Some people passed. are crazy and they'll say crazy things. Brandy's people know how she is. So whatever. It, it, it just, it, it is my it, friendship with her. Yeah. That, with Rena that bothered me. I think now, you know, as you said, with hindsight, I got hindsight. I think, you know, coming back to a show like this, mine was a little different. But now I can understand that the, the name of the game and it's it's the headlines. You were keeping the ratings up as well and doing your thing and you were a big name for the show. And I'm really excited and I hope you will come back. 
if they if because I know they're looking. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be invited back, quite frankly. <laughs> well, you never know. We could put it out there in the world. But Denise, you have been amazing. I've loved having you on. It's been oh, fascinating. Thank you. you are too. And honestly, you're an inspiration for us women out there because I think too many women give up too easily. And actually, life is pretty fucking great if you just sort of roll with the punches. So thank you. It really is. And you're an inspiration too. And to see how happy you are as well and to come out of such a long marriage and relationship and to find love. You know, I follow you on social media and I love seeing all your posts and the connection with you and your husband. It's really beautiful and it's wonderful. Thank you. We're both very lucky. Tell everybody how to find everything, Denise. Well, I have a movie on Amazon, which is called Love Accidentally. And it came out July 15th. And uh, I love this because it is, I think, how you found love again, too. Yes, accidentally. accidentally. I was not expecting to fall in love at the time when I met my husband. So it's a really sweet romantic comedy. And then I'm getting ready to shoot something in Italy in August. And I'm staying busy and working girl and... Wonderful. And and Denise Richards <laughs> on Instagram. So follow Denise and keep up with everything. Denise. Thank you, darling. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at, at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind the scene action.